Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Father, I'd like to continue speaking with you in regard to your teachings and the scriptures, dear Lord, about your words and the tribes. Dear Lord, I'd like to continue a little bit discussing in further detail what we talked about last night in regard to to your answering the prayer of Jacob with the three rods that did the animals and you did the work. Lord, the reason I'd like to do this is because people need to understand, Lord, your words. Lord, they ask, you know, there's a list of the words and how do I know how to do them? Lord, the problem they don't understand is they first must repent. They must recognize you have words that you have, that the Father has prepared promises from beginning of the foundations of the world. And they have to believe that all things are created by your words, as it says in the scriptures. If they believe that, and if they believe that all your word is true, then, and that the words are everlasting, and that, and as it says in John twelve forty eight, that we're going to be judged by the words you spoke, and you came into the world to bear witness to the words of God. Then, if they will do that, then, and if they will repent and turn to you, then, as it says in Proverbs one twenty three, that, you know, it, it says in Proverbs one twenty. well, let me read Proverbs one twenty, uh, so that people can understand. It says, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the opening of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. It's very important. You know that the gates of the city, the, the the words are being spoken. And at the gates of the city, the words of judgment of the cities that they're in are being spoken. Are they speaking her words? Or are they speaking the world's words? Doing the ways of it. So it says, how long, you simple ones, it really means naive ones, will you love simplicity or naivety? For scorners delight in scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn up my reproof, surely I will pour out my spirit upon you, and I will make my words known to you. Now, there's a similar scripture that you hear often repeated by people, and it's taught by Peter, stated by Peter in Acts 2, verse 38, and people get this wrong continuously. They do not discern what this is saying. It's saying, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is not understood by the world today, by the churches today, and by the world today. Jesus said in John fifteen three that you are worse clean by the words that I have spoken you. Ephesians 5, 25, 27 says you must be washed in the water of the word and then you'll be made spotless. That's remission of sin. He tells us in John 17, 17, we have to be set apart from the world by the truth, God's truth. Jesus was praying to the Father. He's saying by your truth. And he's saying your truth is your words. His words never fail. They will never come back void. His words will, if the heaven and earth could pass away, but his words could never pass away. Those are the words you want. His words, he says, my thoughts, my ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts and his ways are framed in what? Words. And by the words he spoke, he made creation. People don't understand how creation is made. He speaks words, but they won't go interpret the understanding of this, of the way of the teaching that Jesus speaks in Genesis 1, which is all about his words. The earth is not more than 6,000 years old, regardless of what all the uh, books of the earth say and what the testings of the people say. You know, they're lies. They're wanting you to believe the earth is round. It is round, but it's not a ball. It is round, circular, like a, a pie. I saw it from the firmament. God took me there and showed it to me. I can verify that as fact. Well, we must see. And that's why he says you can look up and speak to him at all times. I believed it was a ball because we're taught that in schools by the deceiving world leadership who wants you not to believe in God and, and doesn't want you to understand his language. 
understand that, you know, when you go into the court system, I've been talking about for several days now, we don't ask the questions of why, you know, because they will not tell you the truth. God will if you ask him, but they won't tell you the truth. The judges will lie to you continuously because they're running a commercial court and and selling it off as it's a common law court. This is a common law court. No, it's not. Not really. It's a commercial court. It's contract court. And they're deceiving everybody that goes in there. They're deceived. And unless you know the system, unless you have been set apart by them, appointed by them and brought out and set you apart so you understand what to do and what to say, you will not get through their system because they will not tell you. God says what? He says, repent. I will pour out my spirit upon you and make you know my words. They won't do that. They don't want you to know the words because if you know the words, you would see their crimes that they've done. They would see how they've stolen everything and how they've perverted everything. Satan will never tell you the truth. He's made of lies and their father is Satan, the devil. So the court systems, the world system today is all of that. The Lord tells us that everybody on the earth at this time, Luke 21, 34 to 36, is caught in a snare. He wants us to be set free. Now, let me come back to what I was trying to say here. The first thing we must do is recognize there are words that we believe the scripture is true. If we believe the scriptures is true, then we want to understand. And please, there's a great testimony of this in the scriptures and its disciples themselves. They walked with the Lord for three and a half years and did not understand his words. When he told them to take a sword with them to the garden, they took a, they took a metal sword. Jesus was talking about his word. Go to Ephesians 6. Afterwards, after Paul and Saul, Saul who became Paul, understood the words, he writes the entire, the, I mean, all the books he wrote in the New Testament are written in the way of the pure language of God. So you can understand it in the kingdom of heaven at a greater understanding than you can understand it here. And those disciples wrote with the Spirit because it was for them to record. It's not to record now. Now is the time. All that the Lord promised at this time is not that you're going to have lots of writings to read, not that you're going to have, you know, uh, lots of things to do. What, what the Lord says, the only thing that the people of this time are going to receive is the words, I mean, the sign of the prophet Jonah. What did the prophet Jonah do? He just came and spoke the words. They have to hear them. You have to listen to the voice of the Lord and believe in the promises that is written in the scriptures. And if you will believe that and turn to him, repent and say, Lord, I want to know this knowledge. I believe you because you're saying it in the scriptures. You're not believing me. You're believing the Lord, period. He will make his words known to you because he will pour out his spirit upon you that will guide you in the truth. And Jesus did this to the disciples in Luke 24, 44, and 45. After he came back from, the, um, from heaven, he, when he came back from the Father, then he poured out and breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And then what did he do? He made known to them his words. He said, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. And then by them growing in knowledge of the words, he was able to make them understand the scriptures. Because the scriptures are written in earthly language. Those words, the 153 words are of earth, you know, same in the world. You can speak the word truth and so on, water in the world. But in heaven, it's greater. It has a greater way and a greater thoughts, greater promises. Thoughts of God are promises. When God makes a thought, it's going to happen. He's going to do it within his law because his truth is law. Psalms 119, 142. And he says, all his words are truth. So therefore, all his words are law. They will do what they said they're going to do, which is what he says in Isaiah 55, 11. So once we have that understanding, <clears throat> then the Lord, and Lord, you can confirm to them in the spirit, please, that they will be made to know the words. But you better have understanding of the words, the words are issued for a purpose. God says he sends them out to do the work I've given them to do, and they will not come back void. Meaning, if you do the way of the words within the will of God, they're going to accomplish what they're said. 
And if you're in the will of God, you know that you're in the times of God. You need to understand the times. Job 24.1. You say you understand the Father, but if you don't understand his times, you don't know the Father. If you don't have his words, you're not of the Father. You're of the elect who he's calling to try to get to know the words. He's trying to get you to believe in the Lord, Jesus Christ, who makes known these words because he has the bought authority. He purchased it with the blood and the Lord sent the Holy Spirit through him. He will pour out the Spirit. Knock and you shall receive, he said, but nobody knocked. The whole time he walked on the earth doing all these miracles and so forth, they never asked him about the words that he was doing or the way he was doing. How how are these? How is it possible these great powers of works be done? And Jesus, then when they asked him, where'd you get these words from? He wouldn't answer them. He, he asked them, you know, because they, they weren't wanting to know. They weren't wanting to use it for good or do it to build the kingdom. They wanted to, they're, they're like, we'll talk about Delilah. They're like Delilah. They wanted to find a way to destroy him. That's what they were trying to do. So he said, if you, you know, if you don't tell me how John the Baptist got his um, ministry, the water baptism, then I won't tell you mine. Because they didn't believe that either. They didn't believe it was of God. Washing in the water of the word. See, it says, repent and let everyone be baptized, washed in the water of the word, Ephesians 5, 25, 27, John 15, 3. In the name of Jesus Christ, what is the name of Jesus Christ? Once he became the Messiah, go to Revelation 19, 11 and 13. It says the name written on his leg. Remember, he, back in Deuteronomy, he was telling you, I will be who I will be. He was also giving you the name um, YHVH, which we're not, you know, it's to be written or to, or to understand that this is the hidden name of God. It's the, in other words, he's trying to get you to see the hidden language, the words that are higher than the earthly languages. His name didn't, on the earth didn't make sense to people. In heaven, it makes sense because it's the word. And that's what he has written on him in Revelation 19, 11, 13, the word. He said, the word was written on him that no one knew but himself. He's the one that gives the words. But the people don't know the words. He, when he was coming at this time for the day of the Lord, nobody knew the words. He had to, God, Father had to cause him to be received and then spread out from there. Just like he said in Malachi 3.1. So all he promised us at this time was going to have the sign of the prophet Jonah. Jonah went into Nineveh three days and called out the word. Three days journey. Why three days? If you go to, um, there's a scripture in Hosea 6.1. It says, come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. And verse 2 says, after two days he will revive us. On the third day he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Jonah was furious because he knew he didn't want these people to be saved. He had a bad attitude. And he wasn't doing what God wanted him to do. He, he was even trying to run away before that. And God took him into the deep sea with a great fish. Because the fish, the words of God are like the fish in the water, as we said, to go be fishers of men. I've explained why the 153 fish in John 21 is there. It was because he was showing him his, his way. So he showed Jonah his way. And Jonah didn't like the way running away from God when, you know, if you don't do what God asks you to do, you're going to pay the price. And he took him down to the prisons of God. And um, he pleaded with him from there and brought him back and he vomit him up on dry land and send him into Nineveh to speak. And he called out the words and told them that your judgment is coming. There's the message. The Lord has only told us that the messenger is going to make known that the, the, the message of the messenger of the new covenant is coming. The Lord, he's coming to confirm his, his covenant, as he says in Daniel 9.27. And we have to get ready for him. Prepare the way. Do Daniel 9.24. Do Joel 2.12-20. Exactly what it says. And we'll be saved. Because he says that he will raise us up. Jonah walked three days through there. And, and the Spirit caused those people to move. 
Jesus when the people followed him three days. In the afternoon of that day, before the night was coming, his disciples approached him and told him to send these people off to the village that he might get something to eat because it's growing late. It was, you know, it's a walk to the village and there, surely there wouldn't be enough food for all those people. Nor would most of them probably have the money. But in any case, Jesus says, you feed them. And they didn't know how. He took the bread and lifted it up to heaven. Now, let me, let me explain something. <clears throat> All the works of the words are done in the way of the words, which we have been speaking of this for a week now. You have to do them in the way of the, the spirits of God. And he gives you the first four horses, the first four spirits as like our horses to ride. Because always you're going to get the counsel of God on the fourth day or the fourth way. And, you know, I've told people there's a very interesting thing about the scriptures that tell you uh, the way of the heavens, the firmament. For example, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4, that the paradise is the third heaven. Now, why would that be? If God's heaven is above paradise, which it is, Ecclesiastes, um, excuse me, Ezekiel 1 shows us that there's four big heavens. There is our heaven, the world. Then there's the shadow of death, which was Satan's heaven, the second heaven that he's been cast out of now. Then there's paradise. And then there's the capstone at the top, at the top of the firmament, the top part, that, that capstone is called the cornerstone also. That is the cornerstone because everything goes out from the Lord. It goes out from the Lord like a megaphone. The word's going out from the Lord. But that's the fourth heaven. Above the firmament is God's throne. There are two thrones of God. If you read carefully and look carefully, I believe there's two thrones of God because it tells you in Daniel 7, and he's telling us there in verses 9 and 10 that a throne was set up for God. His throne in heaven never changed. A throne was set up. And if you notice in um, Ezekiel 1 that the throne of God is above the top of the firmament. So inside the firmament is the four living creatures. And when you go to Revelation 4 and 5, you see that the, the throne is there with the four living creatures and the 24 elders. So the, God comes down into the fourth heaven the top one, the capstone, his throne is above that in the waters. It tells you that in Psalms 104, he sets his chambers in the waters, which are outside of the firmament. And what he's telling us there is, if you, if you look at this, this is the way, exactly the way of the spirits of God. The first spirit is the world. The world, the world is an example of the first spirit because what does it say? They have the light and the darkness. And we have to be set apart from the world by the words of God. And then the words we have to choose is, are we going to take the words of darkness that the devil is always testing us against? So you get the words, but he's going to attack you. You have to get understanding and become a doer of the word, which as you progress, in other words, you go up, the second heaven is the shadow of death. I want to explain the shadow of death. It's going to be interesting to you, I believe. I'm going to explain the shadow and, and what death means in a minute. Paradise is the place of understanding where the fruit grows. There, the words are taught. If we've made it from the earth, all right, and we go go up, God is going to overcome this. Now, understand that now is unique because since 2003, the second heaven has been empty of Satan's forces. They've been cast down to the earth. They're on the earth, as it says in Revelation 12. The moment the kingdom of God came, which is the words of God, all things are made by his words, which are truth, which is Psalms 33, 4, Psalms 119, 160, 142, 105, uh, Psalms 130 tells the entrance of his words gives light. The beginning of the day of the Lord was with light. Satan was cast down. The kingdom of God has come to us, as it says in Revelation 12. So Satan's not in the second heaven now. It's empty of him. Now the words are there. The words are in the whole firmament. But the words of Satan are going to be cast out of that second heaven soon. 
But I'm going to explain the shadow to you in a second. Let me let me go on ahead and explain the paradise. Paradise is symbolic of the third spirit. There they will learn the words and produce fruit. People are doing the way of the words. People come back. They talk about the people in paradise. They're planting gardens. They're listening. I mean, even the waterfalls talk and all those things. Now, please understand that that is the desire for God for us. He wants the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven. And he's talking about the kingdom of God in heaven. The one that's there is paradise. He wants that likeness to come on earth. And we're ready for that. This is what's coming. We're going to give him glory. It's going to be like paradise. And then we're going to have this throughout the millennium. It's going to be there. A thousand years. It's going to be a kingdom of God on earth as it is there. Now, go on up above that. You have the cornerstone. The counsel of the Lord. The four living creatures are always pouring out the counsel of the Lord. That's the fire that's going out from them continuously into the heavens. They're constantly updating everything because the fiery stones are there. The fiery stones do what? Every one of us was blessed. They're a word of God that cannot fail. It brings us forth in our appointed time and season and so forth from day six of the creation. Those fiery stones. Now, Satan used to be the, the anointed cherubim there. And it, it's very interesting that he had more glory than all others, but he turned. He wanted the position of the Lord. Lord Jesus was made before Satan. He was a cherubim made. Now, please, let me encapsulate this a little bit. When you look at the heavens, I've drawn pictures. They're on the website. You can go to the end time chart page on the back of the last page of the website and you get the picture of the heavens. You'll see the firmament and all that there. What I want to explain to you is that the covering of God, the symbolic, the other ones, we see the atmospheres above us. In the heavens, we see the atmospheres. That's over. That's within the world. These are things we can see in the world. They're not of the second heaven, which we aren't able to see at this point. But what you what you got is the first spirit of the first heaven. The world is likened to the way of the first spirit. The idea is that the Lord says, "Let there be light." He's calling upon us to decide. And then He makes known His words. But there are scoffers. And People will begin to seek knowledge of the word and stuff, but they don't want to use it for the way of the kingdom of God or to bring his kingdom, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. They're not seeking his plan. They're not seeking his will. They're not seeking his way. Therefore, they will lose it. They'll be like he said, the word is planted and then it's like on stony ground and, uh, and it doesn't have any, um, any hold. When the storm comes, it gets pulled away. Seed gets washed away. So, that is what the Lord is saying. The, the second heaven is like that testing. Now, you'll see in the scriptures that the Lord makes an interesting teaching. And that teaching is the shadow. The Lord said, for example, let's go to Isaiah 49 two. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he told, hid me. And made me a polished shaft in this quiver that hath he hid me in the shadow of his hand. See, the, the shadow, it's like you'll notice the Lord. You'll have trees, all right? Trees represent things. If you go to the uh, last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, you will see that the green leaves of the trees are for the healing of men. So if you sat under a green tree like Deborah did, she was a judge of Israel, she sat under a palm tree and she judged Israel in the shadow of the palm tree. Jesus came. If you, if you notice that in uh, um, Zechariah 1, he's underneath the shadow of the tamarisk trees. I think it's tamarisk trees. He was underneath the, the shadow of those as horses. The shadow of the trees. Desire is the healing of the nations. And you'll notice when he came to Abram, he was sitting underneath the tree, eating. They were eating the words when Abraham had him underneath the tree, eating. See, the green leaves are for the healing of the nations. And, and for the, the plan that Abram had was he wanted to understand this thing about Isaac, 
which he didn't understand his name, Isaac, and so forth at that time. His child is going to come. He wanted to have the answer from God about that child that had been promised to him to bring forth the seed of all these nations that God had told him would be like the stars of the sky. Sand, sand along the seashore. See, and sand along the seashore is interesting because uh, it is up out of the water. That's what it's, you know, it's coming like that. He wants it to be parted from the, the waters and set aside into the kingdom of God and dry land. But the shadow of the tree, when you set upon it, the green leaves, you're asking for the future plan of God. You're asking for his will, how to heal the nation. Deborah was judging the nation. And what did she do? She got the understanding from God under the palm tree. Palm tree represents the good works. So she got the understanding of God, how to deliver the nation. And she did. She led them into delivering a nation. Green leaves of the trees are the shadow. It's symbolic of God's hand over us. Remember, he feeds the roots and all these things from the bottom of the earth because all these plans of God were put into the earth from the beginning. The heaven and earth were made. So the plans are there. We got to understand how to bring it forth. To do that, you need the spirit of God and the counsel of God. So when you sit under the tree and you see God doing this, you see disciples doing this, you see people doing this. What he's talking about is that issue. The shadow is representing that. God put... He covered the earth with a shadow of his hand while he planted the heavens, Isaiah 51, 16. We see the shadow of the atmospheres over the earth. That's symbolic of the shadow of God, always available to us if we will listen, if we will seek it. Jesus, when he was going to um, take the food and bless it, he first looked up to heaven with his eyes seeing the words are there. And he's telling God what his desire is. Because when you look up to the heaven, what does the heaven do? The heaven separates those that are going to go down from those that are going to go up. That's the second day. You'll see that in the second day description in Genesis 1, verses 6 to 8. He'll tell you that. He called. When he, anytime he says, I called the firmament heaven, that's the work it's given to do. It's the divide the people are going to enter into the kingdom of God from those who are going to go out. And then he put the words into the heavens after he put the earth and everything in place. He then put the words into heaven, the light, the lights, because the entrance of his words gives lights and gives understanding to the simple. He put that into the heavens on day four. Why day four? Day four is very significant because it's the day symbolic of his counsel. So God has always given his counsel from the heavens. So when you sit under the tree, which is under the heavens, and you're asking for understanding of the plan of God and for his counsel for what you need to do, that is why you do these things. Jesus would go into the garden at night and pray. There's rocks there, the word of God. It's always been. The garden is like he tells us the garden of Eden is before us. So at night, because he's bringing forth the seal of, of instruction from the Lord is always given in the night, as I've explained from the scriptures. So we know that in the nighttime, he would often go into the garden, spend all night in the garden praying to the Lord and just, you know, receiving from the Lord. Understand, you don't even have to speak. God is going to communicate to you. To When you understand the will of God and what these things do and what they mean, then you're, you're going to just listen to God and things will get made known to you what to do. And you'll grow in understanding about his ways. Now, I'd like to, so I've talked to you about the shadow, what that what that means. And the shadow of death, why this Satan's second heaven is, he's always testing us. He'll give us all of our desire in the earthly realm, but we want to go to the kingdom of God. And that's our problem. Jesus said, pray every day that the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. That should be our desire, but it's not our desire. Our desire is to get along in the earth get along in the world and so forth. But if we shift that to wanting the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven, then we pass through that shadow of death in the way of the Lord. And we start to begin to get knowledge passed down to us and knowledge known to us. You have to understand that the words of God is a communication language between you and God. He makes known the words to you. You'd say, oh, how do I do the words? You first have to get the attitude right. 
It's like you have to prepare yourself to receive the message of the words. And he tells you in Isaiah 28. Um, let me bring this up. Isaiah 28, let me get to it. Very important to understand his law of knowledge. It's a law. He says, whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk? No. Those just drawn from the breast? No. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, little here and there a little. Or with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people to whom he said, this is the rest which you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. People today want everything microwave oven to them. They don't want to work for it. They don't want to understand that they have to change their attitude. They first must understand that God is above them. They don't think that way. They plead to him. They ask for everything. They want things to be. They want to do nice things. But they're looking for a living. Are they looking to really bring forth the kingdom of God? Are they looking to actually believe God? And say, when he says, I made all things with my words, and, and if you will follow me and abide in my words, you'll get what you desire? No, they don't believe that. Because they cannot set themselves apart by seeking out what his words are. And he, he wouldn't say in the scriptures that I will pour out my spirit and make known my words to you if it wasn't true. He wouldn't say to the disciples that they were able to understand the scriptures after he told them again the words I'd spoken to them while I was with them because they, they didn't know what they meant. Now he's revealing the words to them because now they have the spirit in them. And they were able to see, oh, okay, now I see. Your words are higher than the earthly words. They got greater promises. They got greater meanings. They do things. You don't need a lot of these words. You know, there's a great scripture. Let me, let me go on with this thing in 13. I'll go to that scripture in a second. It says, but the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon, and I'm repeating this because I just told you in verse 12, it says, this is the refreshing they would not hear. See, what is the refreshing? Refreshing is the rest. It's the fullness of the seven spirits. It enables them to see things in the way of the seven spirits. But the word of the Lord, it goes on, was to them precept upon precept. He's repeating himself, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little that they may, might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. See, we have to make it, we're going to be judged by his words. If we do not receive his words, the separation judgment, we will be cast out from him. We are the lukewarm church because we will not believe it. See, the, the, the churches of, the seven churches that God talks about, nobody wants to be a part of them. Well, you better be, you better be a part of all seven of them and get the main point. Because those churches are explaining the ways of the words that we have to pull out what it is that separates each one of those and build upon it within us so that we're not like that. And then on the seventh one, he's telling you there that, you know, we were lukewarm. We didn't pay attention to any of these first ones. Because every one of those, he tells you, they will overcome. How did they overcome? What did they do? What was made? If we don't even seek it out to look it up. We just want to hear that and say, well, that's not our church. I've told people about that, and they, they just they scoff. You know, even in Acts, when Paul, uh, the, uh, the day of Pentecost, and the Spirit blew, and these people, uh, you know, followed that wind. Where does this noise come from? They were being guided by the Spirit to hear. But even those being guided, there were scoffers among them. Because when they heard the disciples, they immediately went back in their old teachings. And they scoffed at the disciples. See, even when the Spirit moves and makes known the words, because, see, they, they were told the promise. The promise of God is you receive the inheritance. What is the inheritance? You become a little God when you receive the word. Ten, John 10, 32 to 37. People do not want to understand this. You'll become a son of God when the words are made known to you. When you seek and receive the words like he tells you to do in Proverbs one twenty three, and over and over and over again. Jesus said in John 14, 23 and 24, if you do not love me, if you will not hear my words. In Acts 2, it tells you in verse 33, it says, therefore being exalted by the, to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus said he was going to send the helper? The wisdom of God. 
It's the full measure of the Spirit of God within us. And he made them male and female. What is the female part? Female keeps the house. It's keeping the preparation and making sure that it reminds us to do the way of the words. It reminds us all the things we need to do. We need that spirit within us. And then we have the God in us who gives us the instruction. So you have the two parts of God, wisdom and understanding and counsel. The words always come with those two parts. You know, it's why male and female, he made them. He's talking about each one of us are that way. He tells you in the kingdom of heaven, there's no marrying and so forth because all of us are like that. The Father and the Son are with us. We're going to understand the Spirit of God in a full measure. We will understand what I'm talking about here. Wisdom is a woman. It's classified as what she's always calling out her words. She's preparing the way. But what are the words? The helper causes you to understand words. Jesus says, I will make you understand it. Doing the way the words enables that to happen. I've given good examples of Oxa, how she did her thing. Um, we talked about a lot of these things. Now let's go to the scripture. The promise of God, the, the Holy Spirit, is the words. The Father tore the temple veil, allowing us to come in. And Jesus sends the Holy Spirit upon us to enable us to receive the knowledge of the words. That's the promise of God. He said he would send it. He did that. And he gave it because he accepted the purchase price of the Lord. And if we will hear and turn to him, he says, be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. God has given a lot of people a pass, a pass between the day of the Lord, I mean the day when the Lord the disciples passed away and now or up until 2003 at least because the words were not taught. The shepherds had not re- received it. So a lot of people went to paradise because they had not been taught in the churches and nobody had sought it out. But they're learning them there, as Paul testifies, Second Corinthians 12, 1 to 4. People have gone there and they hear them talking. I know people that went there and King David gave them a cold cup of water and they had no clue what that was doing. It's doing the way of the words to enable a correction to come to those persons. I pray that they'll receive it. It said, from the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which what you now see and hear. And what did he do? The fire, like a tongues, tongues came upon them. So God was given them the authority to speak in the upper language, the pure language. It's the same words as the earth, but he's speaking them with understanding of the way they are in the kingdom of heaven, which is greater than the earth. Satan has no power over that. You know, Satan uses trees and everything else to do occultic works. And because they do that, they get empowered with Satan's evil works to do. We believe that. We believe in voodoo dolls. We believe in all these other things. But we don't believe that God's words has any power. That's greater than all those things. Yet Jesus told you, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you could ask that mountain to be moved from there to there. That's pretty powerful. John 20 Verses 30 to 31, John says this. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you may have life in his name, his name, his word. Now, if we go, let me pull it up here because I don't have it up on my screen. I'd like to read you something else John wrote that's very important. Let's go to chapter 21. I believe it's in there. Let's see. Yeah. Now, in verse 24 to 25, John says this, wrapping up the book of John. He says, this is the disciple who testifies of these things. And wrote these things. He's talking about in John 21, he's talking about this is the way he showed us his way. And I've explained how that he did the way the words there. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that could be written. Now, think about that a second. It's impossible 
impossible that you could spend that much books that the that the uh, world itself could not contain the books that would be written. See, the reason is when when you begin to understand the depths of the words of God and the ways of God and the things that he did, if you start explaining them, it's massive because he did them in a way to show us the ways of his words. He did them very simple, but when you dwell upon them and understand all the things that he did in those things that he did, like I just explained to you the way the heavens are. They represent the first heaven represents first spirit. Second heaven represents the decision of the words of wisdom. Third, uh, third heaven is representing the understanding of burning the fruit and so forth. And Satan has no part in that one. And then uh, in the fourth one is the, is the counsel of the Lord. That's where the four living creatures are always pouring out the word in response to the things we need by the fiery stones because they know what the, the will of God is was put into the blessings that he gave us that's in those fiery stones. Lucifer had been in charge of those. Now, it tells us a very interesting thing. In um, Let me try to bring up this scripture because it's very interesting about Lucifer. He tells us here in Ezekiel 31, 8, it says, And the cedars of the garden of God could not hide him. The fir trees were not like his bows. And the chestnut trees, in other words, the plane trees, were not like his branches, nor any tree in the garden of the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. Now that's complicated, but what I'm trying to show you here is well, like his bows. He's talking about the the fir trees, which is the fruit bearing trees, and the chestnut tree is the under, understanding tree. In other words, the fruit is doing the way of the words to produce fruit. But the other one is the chestnut tree is the plane tree. Now, this is important for us because the plane tree that's represented here is the seed within us that grows. That knowledge of understanding that's growing, the bigger growing, the longer range knowledge. He had all of that. He had all of that and missed out because of that. When I'm talking about this, let me go to, remember the scripture we talked about last night, which Genesis 30, 37. It says, Jacob took him rods of green poplar out of the hazel and chestnut tree and pilled white stakes, strakes within them and made the white appear which was in the rot. Now, I'd like to point out in this thing a little bit uh, something important. The, when it says a green poplar, the actual uh, words in Hebrew is being used there is the word for green is one that means uh, new or fresh. That's very important. And the poplar is the, the like a, a tree that what it's the one that is being described in the scriptures is one that has a milky substance that comes out. Remember that God said that that he will not give his knowledge to those weaned on milk. What he's talking about here is he's talking he was talking to God about the this is a child you know like a child that's going to grow. The the animals that he's going to put this around are going to grow. And always the words are to be frontlets to our eyes. So he would put these in front of these animals when they come to the water trough to drink. And the water is what? The water is correction. The water is washed in the water of the word. So he's putting the word, the three words around us. The second one, the hazel was a, um, let me see. The, the hazel was, let me pull that word up here. I'm sorry, I missed it here. Where did I put this at? Okay, we got the white poplar tree, uh, which is the milkish tree, the hazel. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not hazel. It's almond. That's why it was messing me up. If they don't know. It's the only place, the only place this word is used in the scriptures is there, but they believe it's the almond. And I've told you about the almond. And this, what he's talking about here is a rod of, of the almond tree, which is, God always uses the rod of the iron, meaning immediately perform his word. That was the word of wisdom that Jacob was seeking. He wanted the, the milk knowledge, which is the beginning, because the Lord says in heaven, uh, from the beginning on day one, the first thing he says is, uh, in the beginning was the heaven and the earth. He's going back and saying, Lord, from the beginning you made this. I understand that you made this animal to be pure, whatever. But, dear Lord, I'm asking you, 
in this to let your fruit be made known because he knew what was happening to he was being cheated by Laban. And God's answer to him is, I saw that you were being cheated by Laban. I understand that. That's what he said in chapter 31 when he had seen this. And then the chestnut is is the uh, fruit tree. But this is interesting. Understanding is the word that they're translated as chestnut tree there means plain tree. P-L-A-N. In other words, no bark. So he's saying, Lord, make the cover on this animal with understanding. Make the cover. You decide and you judge between us and you make this animal. And God said, see, I've caused these animals to be spotted that mount these sheep. And the animal comes out spotted. See, that, that was doing the way of the words with great understanding. Jacob had great understanding and God answered him. Because it says in John fifteen seven, if you abide in my way and you abide in my words, whatever you desire will be done for you. And that's what's being exhibited here. He's doing the way of the words. In other words, milk is the way of the first spirit. He's not a land of milk and honey. Honey is the way of the seventh spirit. And so what he what he's saying here is the milk, he was trying to go back to the understanding. He's using the three rods because he's wanting understanding from God. He's wanting the Lord to understand his problem. And he's asking him to, to answer it. So he didn't put four because four is the counsel of the Lord. He gave the, the vengeance. He gave the judgment over to the Lord. So he did it in this way. And that's how he does it. There's a very interesting story, very similar. And I think I explained that one to you there. Let's go to something else that's kind of interesting, I believe you might like. And that is, you know, the story of Samson and Delilah. But I think it's very interesting if you take a look at Samson when Delilah is trying to get her um, to trick him. See, he fell in love with this girl. Everybody knows it. And she was horrible. And he he should have known. Uh, because he said that the valley, he afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorak. And this valley means a vine, a hissing, like a snake a color inclining to yellow, you know, a snake giving bad understanding. And her name was Delilah, which means poor and small or head of hair. And it's interesting here that uh, they come to her and she's poor. She she likes wealth, you know. And he was tricked by her. It's sad. Satan will use this against them. And so they offered her 1,100 pieces of silver uh, that she said, they told her, the, the lords of the Philistines, the leaders of the, the country come to her and makes her feel important, says entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Every one of them. 11 to those people means disunity. But leaven in God's kingdom means the hidden power of God. So Satan has to do things within the limits of the words of God. In other words, everything has to be a test to us. So Satan is using these people to test this girl. And 100 is the number, the double portion of his promise on earth. It's, it's my king, the Lord will judge, the wise-hearted, my servant David, the wise man's heart a right hand, the palm of a hand. All those things are part of the Jumatri of a hundred. That's the meaning of the hundred. It's it's about your king. And so these are lords, Satan's wise. These are lords of the Philistines coming to this woman and using the number 11, which is the hidden power of God, which he has caused people to see as disunity. It's really a choice of the power we choose. And so it's 11 times 100. Each one of them are going to give her that much money. So she's like, whoa, I'm going to be rich. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting that she then goes about attempting to get the information from. But Simon, Samson was very wise in, in, in the words, of course. So it's interesting. He has to do all things in the way of the words as well. So the spirit is guiding him. What what happens here is it says, if they bind me with seven 
she says, wait a minute, let me read the thing. Judges 16, 69 says, So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Seven wet, bone, fresh bowstrings, and yet not yet dried. Now, so the Lord, the Philistines, brought it up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried. And she bound them with them, and now men were lying out in wait. And uh, when she said, "The Philistines are upon you, Samson," but he broke the bowstrings as a strand of, strand of yarn breaks it when touched by fire. See, this is the way of the first spirit, by the way. That's what I'm trying to show you here. That what is what is happening here is Samson. <laughs> Um, did this in the way of the first spirit. It's very beginning. He broke it like yarn, which like fire, just broke. See, the words are like fire. And at seven bowstrings, they don't have a right to do it. And she was saying that, that uh, become like any other man. But he didn't. He had, his strength was in his hair. I've explained at this time, the sun is going to be covered with hair. All right, it's going to be the hair we choose, black hair. And what is happening is the word of the prophets for all this time is going to be dealt out on the people. It's going to be dark. The earth is going to become dark. Because the shadow is going to be the word of the prophets that's been spoken. All the prophetic words, all the teachings of the words. We're going to be judged by the words. And that's why all the history of the words are going to judge us. That's symbolic of that black covered sun. And the red moon. It's going to be like fire. The red moon was what? They're going to be judged by what inheritance did we desire? What did we desire to be sealed up during the night of the instruction? What instruction did we desire? Satan's or God's that he paid the price of his blood for? Because if you don't take his word, you're trampling upon the spirit of God. The spirit of the, you're trampling on the blood of the spirit of God, which it talks about in Hebrews 10, 20, 24 to 31. So that was the first time. He, he broke it up like that and he used the seven Fresh bowstrings, not yet dry. Why? Because in the beginning it was just the water, and we were all drawn out of the water. And so the next thing is Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, If they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Now understand he is telling her lies in this. She doesn't have a right to, to know the words. She hasn't learned the words of God and so forth. And he is doing this as an example of God's strength overpowers everything the world brings at us. All the wisdom that they bring at us, the ropes. Remember the scarlet cord that was dropped by Rahab over the wall? They told her to, to, to um throw out the scarlet crop, uh, crop on her wall and that wall stayed standing when God made all the others drop because see scarlet is the blood of Christ the rope is a measurement the wisdom the words a measure of the words so a rope is used for measuring the bowstring is used to send the word forth he said, let there be light, let there be words. So they had the fresh bowstrings. The second one is ropes, which is a measurement. The words, all things are made by his words. All things are measured out. All things are done by his words. Then, uh, of course, he breaks those. He broke them like thread. They broke right off his arms like thread because their words have no power. Nothing that they make right now will come against the words of God. No weapons they have can be formed against us if we have the words of God because we're of his kingdom because those who get the words of God come to them. They are like little gods, John 10, 32, 37. That means they're sons of God. And it's bad for people to come against it. Look at Zechariah 14, 12, the plagues that he's going to bring upon those people to do that. Now, the last one here I'd like to talk about um, I'd like to go a couple more here real quickly. The, uh, says, uh, she says, until now you've mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. If we weave the seven locks of my head into the web of a loom. So she wove it tightly with the button of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he came out. He, did, he woke up and it, he tore the, the loom apart with the strength of his hair. Now, understand he had the, the seven locks the hair was 
woven in seven strands from the beginning, from his childhood. So she cut off. He then, she didn't pester him. Understand, the devil has to stop at three. And the devil doesn't care, though, who he kills. So he's having her pester him to death. Remember what the Lord said of a woman pesters a judge, he'll finally give her, uh, hear his case and give her what she wanted to get rid of her? That's what happened here with, with Samson. He told her the truth. He should never have told the words of God. You cannot give away the counsel, the word of God, to those that are not sincere to receive the word. They don't have a right to have his words. And he told them the hidden power of God. And when that happened, where she shaved off his head, God left her because God was in that vow that was made from the beginning. And that vow was gone because he gave her the ability to do it. He lost the vow of the word of God. It said, do not cut this. He should never have told her where that strength lie. He should have left the woman. But if we if we keep the words and do the way of the words, Satan will leave you. Revelation twelve sixteen. It's important for us to understand it this time. Anyway, she she cut off his hair, and then he had no power. And of course, they captured him. And then his hair started to grow, and um, he prayed to the Lord about the. Um, you know, he didn't love his life to death. He didn't pray to God to save him, let him repent from that or anything. He recognized his fault. He had mistreated and took lightly the word of God. You cannot take lightly the word of God. It's like he warns us in this day, remember Lot's wife, don't turn back. Do not take the words, do not dishonor them. And so what happened here is he did what God, uh, he asked God to, to allow him to have the strength to, to knock down those walls. They cut his eyes out. See, his eyes see the ways of the words. If he could see things to do, he could have done the way of the words. He couldn't see anything. He couldn't even find the pillars. They had to put his hands on the pillars for him. You have to be able to do the way of the words. That's why God said he's coming to allow the blind to see. At this time, if you were blind, the greatest news you have is the kingdom of God is coming. You will get your eyes. You will see. It will be done. First, get the words. Start seeking. Have a words taught to you. Listen to the knowledge of the words. You are going to get healed because God is saying he's coming to let the blind see. You will get your eyes like they're new. He's going to let people speak so the teeth are going to be repaired because he's going to write a new name on you if you bring forth the kingdom of God. Help others to come to the knowledge of truth. Bear witness. He tells us, Paul prays, tells us very importantly in Hebrews 10, 24 to 31, at this time, gather together, stir up love and good works with one another. Stir it up. Get the knowledge known so that when the kingdom is ready, when God sends the spirit and allows us to go forward in power, not to harm people, but to bring forth the knowledge of truth. Allow these people to be judged by the words. If they come against the words, they judge themselves. They will be struck if they come against his words. If you're speaking his words and they come against you, they're going to be shocked. You know, I, I've seen, heard visions where preachers would come to come and stop a child of God from speaking. And what happens? They immediately just something happens to them. They get confused. They go sit down. Others die. Because God is going to strike these people who will not allow his words to be taught in the churches when the kingdom is coming. He wants his people to be saved. If the people desire the truth, if they will allow the church to be taught, God will cause it to be done. If the shepherds do not allow it, they will be struck. God says he's going to vomit them out of his mouth. They're going to get the five another word. Lord, we thank you. And I pray, Lord, that you will answer your people, their Lord, and help them to understand these things. Lord, I pray that all things are spoken here of you. Lord, we pray you make that known. And Lord, we pray you will... Make known the truth. I don't ask your Lord people to follow me. I follow you, Lord. All we're doing is pointing to you, Lord. That's what we want, is the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. This is your time. We must fulfill Daniel twelve. I mean Daniel 9, 24. We have to anoint the Most High. This is your kingdom, your dominion. God has taken it away from the world. It's to come to you. Father, we pray they will hear your message. And Lord, I understand and fear you for this time as your words are about to be loosed in power. And Lord, we pray they'd understand that, dear Lord, for good. 
Lord, we pray that they will understand it's your desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, even the evil ones like Nineveh. Lord, this is their chance. Lord, we pray they will hear the word and come out before it's too late. Because winter is almost here and you told them, don't let your flight be in the winter. Matthew twenty four twenty, Mark thirteen eighteen. We thank you, Lord. We pray your spirit move upon them, dear Lord, and cause them to hear the truth. And Lord, those who love you, we pray they will hear. In Jesus' name, amen.